You're watching KCMI-TV. Well, thank you for joining us tonight, and uh, good evening, and I hope that you will enjoy the word of the Lord that we're going to share. And I've never even taught on this. It actually just began to come in my spirit in the last couple of days. And so uh, I'm going to take my text. It's an unusual verse, but we're going to be reading out of 1 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 21. It says, You cannot drink the cup of the Lord and the cup of devils. You cannot be a partaker of the Lord's table and the table of devils. And uh, the reason that I referenced this verse was it deals with the cup of the Lord. And so tonight, uh, I want to take us just on a journey, perhaps, uh, through the scriptures. And I want to talk about drinking from the cup of the Lord. Um, and there are several cups that, if you're a believer, that in your lifetime you're going to drink from. And so, um, this is what the word cup means. It means one's lot or experience, whether joyful or adverse, and I really like this, divine appointments. And so, uh, for all of us as a believer, the very first um, cup that you're ever going to drink from that belongs to the Lord is the cup of salvation. And in John uh, chapter 7, Jesus, he cried out in that day of the feast. He said, if any man thirst after me, let him come and drink of me. And so for all of us, the very first time that you ever come to the Lord, the Lord's going to give you a cup to drink from, and in it is going to be salvation. And when you drink of that, you become born again, and you begin your walk with the Lord in time. Um, the next cup that I want to deal with is, and I'm, I'm going to read you some scripture out of the uh, book of Genesis chapter 44. And uh, this is uh, dealing with when Joseph has sent his brothers back to their father and then he tells his servant he said go back and chase them and stop them and tell them that one of them has stolen from me and so I want to pick up uh, where this story is and um, verse 7 and, and they said unto him wherefore saith my Lord these words God forbid that thy servants should do according to this thing. We've not stolen from you. Behold, the money which we found in our sack's mouth we brought again unto thee out of the land of Canaan. How then should we steal out of thy Lord's house silver or gold? With whomever of thy servants it be found, both let him die, and we will also be my Lord's bondmen. Then they speedily took down every man his sack to the ground, and they opened every man his sack, and he searched and began at the eldest and left at the youngest. And the cup was found in Benjamin's sack. Then they rent their clothes and laid in every man his ass and returned to the city. Um, this cup is an unexpected cup. And all of us 
most of us, I would say, that have a call of God in our lives are going to encounter this cup in our life. And the reason I call it an unexpected cup is because we don't see it coming. And this cup deals with changing the direction that you're going in. And it can be a different thing for everybody, but you're just, you're going along in life, you're saved, you love God, and everything seems to be going great. And then unexpectedly out of the blue, something occurs in your life that you weren't expecting and it changes everything. And uh, I, I think back in my own life when God began to change my direction, I wasn't expecting it. I thought this is the path that my life will take, and I thought this is how life is going to be. And then overnight, I, I drank from the cup of the unexpected. And many times, when this cup appears in your life, it's almost instant. It's almost in a 24-hour period. Something happens, a diagnosis, uh, whatever it might be, but you were not expecting it. It, it will shake you down to the roots of your foundation and your walk with God. And the reason God will send this cup is because he is going to change the direction of your life. Uh, sometimes God might use uh, money, he might use sickness, he might use a relationship that abruptly ends, but something is gonna occur in your life that you weren't expecting. And uh, well, let's go back to the scripture that I read initially. It says, you cannot drink the cup of the Lord and the cup of devils. Um, whatever, you're gonna, whatever cup you're going to drink from when you're in your walk with God is not from the devil. It is from God. And even Joseph mentioned this. He said, that which my brothers have intended for evil, God intended for good. And so many times when you drink from the cup that you weren't expecting to drink from in your life, at the moment, you don't see any way out. But what God will do, he will take that which you think might be evil, and he's going to reverse it, and he's going to change your course, and going to send you in a different direction. And man, I've seen this in so many people's lives, including my own. My wife has that same testimony. Something will occur in your life that you were not expecting, and it literally changes the direction, not just for the moment, but for the rest of your life. Why? Because God wants to get you on a path. As many as are led by the Spirit, they are the sons of God. And, um, you know, I give an example because Abraham is called the father of faith. And in the, the 12th chapter of, of Genesis, the Lord comes and he speaks to Abraham. Uh, many times we don't realize that the very first time that God ever spoke to Abraham, he was 75 years old. So think about it. Abraham is a 75-year-old man, so he is settled. At that age, you think, I've already lived a good portion of my life. His, his, he thinks his future is, is set. He's living with his father. And unexpectedly, God makes him drink from that cup. 
And he looks at Abraham, he says, I want you to leave where you're at. Get up out of this land because I'm going to send you to another land. That was the cup of the unexpected. What was God doing? He was changing the direction of Abraham because where Abraham was headed was away from the will of God. God could not do what he was going to do with Abraham by leaving Abraham where he was. And so God, many, many times, if he's going to thrust you into where he wants you to go, he will abruptly do something in your life. Why does God do it this way? Because most of us on our own would never make the change. We're just creatures of habit. We would just say, well, maybe that's not God or, you know, everything's working well. So God will bring something to an end. Even with the prophet Elijah, he would drive the brooks for him to go somewhere else. And so it is a, it is a cup that I still remember. I, I remember vividly drinking from it. And I think that probably a lot of you could say, Pastor Ken, I remember also drinking from that cup. Um, and I think there's an order here. When, when God began to talk to me about drinking the cup of Christ, I began to try to put this in, in some order. The third cup that you're gonna drink from after God changes your direction is the cup of suffering. And um, the cup of suffering deals with covenant with God and it releases your purpose. Um, it also releases something else. It releases blessing. But I think that the reason that the church has become very stagnated in the earth is because we quit drinking from this cup. And the cup of suffering, uh, one of the things that it deals with is it breaks your will. And people who are going to make a mark in the kingdom of God generally have a strong constitution. They have a strong will. And God can never use people to accomplish eternal purposes if their will hasn't been broken. And so when God brings the cup of suffering into your life, it's not just about changing your direction, but first of all, it's about establishing covenant between you and God. And when you establish covenant with God, you begin to say, Lord, not my will, but thy will be done. And it is suffering, it's in those seasons of suffering where you drink from that cup that God begins to release the purpose of your life. And your purpose will never be released until you drink of this cup. And the, the cup that's unexpected isn't something that, that God brings to us and says, make a choice, he just does it. But I can tell you this, the cup of suffering is something that God sets before you and says, no, I need you to drink it. And it's a choice. Um, when, in fact, I think we'll just go ahead and read it. This is out of uh, Genesis chapter 22. 
um, this is dealing with Abraham again. And um, Abraham has had the cup of the unexpected. God has uprooted him from where he was familiar, where he was comfortable. And Abraham, people would ask him, and said, Abraham, where are you going? And he just simply said this, I don't know. He said, but I'm looking for a city which hath foundations, whose builder and maker is God. And so God, nobody's exempt from this. And unfortunately, the church, we quit teaching that Christians have to suffer. Now, I, I will say this, that suffering doesn't have to be forever, but it is a, very, it's a tough cup to drink from. Even Jesus, when he was getting ready to enter into his purpose, can I tell you that, that the ministry of Jesus Christ was not his purpose? The three and a half years that Jesus ministered, what he was doing there was he was raising up 12 men that when he was gone would be able to carry out his vision. And so for those three and a half years, Jesus demonstrated by his own ministry to these men, this is what's possible. But Jesus was not born on the earth to heal lepers or to, to calm the Sea of Galilee. He was born to die. And so when he comes up to the edge of his purpose and he's in the Garden of Gethsemane and the Lord, the Father, brings a cup to him and he said, son, I need you to drink this because when you drink this, you're going to release your purpose. And um, it's difficult because when you even read about Jesus, it took him the third time before he said, okay, Father, not my will, but thy will be done. And the first two times he said, Lord, don't make me drink this cup. But the third time he said, okay. He said, if your purpose is to be released in me by me drinking this cup, I will drink it. And when Jesus drank that cup, then his purpose was released. His greatest battle was not going to the cross. It was in the Garden of Gethsemane, drinking the cup of suffering. And when uh, Abraham, uh, in the scriptures, he's now, he's, you know, he's drank the cup. He has fulfilled what God said. He's walking in the direction God has, and, and he has his son that's about 25 years old and then the Lord speaks to him one day and um, he looks at Abraham he said okay so I need to drink the cup in chapter 22 of Genesis it came to pass after these things that God did test Abraham and he said Abraham and he said here am I he said take now thy son thy only son Isaac whom thou lovest. He had another son, Ishmael, but the Lord discarded him. He said, take the son that you love and get into the land of Moriah and offer him there for a burnt offering on one of the mountains, which I will tell thee of. Um, this next verse really defines who Abraham is. Uh, I don't think we can even begin to comprehend what God has asked Abraham because he's told Abraham 
that this boy is going to extend your seed until it touches all nations. And out of, out of Isaac is going to come nations. And now God looks at Abraham and he said, that's the boy you love. That's the one I gave you in your old age. That's what made you happy. That's what told you that God will come through when he's promised something that seems impossible. And then he looks at Abraham and he says, now, I need you to drink this cup. And the way Abraham drank it was God said, not only do I want you to kill Isaac, then I want you to set him on fire and burn him up until there's just a pile of ashes. And the next verse says it's about Abraham. It said, he rose up early in the morning. When God takes you to those places and he says to you, he says, I need to know that you love me more than you love anything else. If you're a pastor, you have to love Jesus more than your church. If you're someone that God's blessed financially and, and you're a tither, you gotta love God more than the blessings of money that God gave you or the things that he's given you. We gotta love God more in our health. We have to love him more than we love our spouse, our children. He has to be first. And so Abraham, as an old man, somewhere around 125 years old, drinks this cup of suffering. And he said this, he said, I'm going up to worship, but I am coming back down. Uh, I, I, I've learned this about the Lord in my walk, is in difficult times that I get in, and it's perhaps because I'm, because I'm in the will of God, I've done what the Lord told me to do. I'm walking the path that he's had me walk on and you get in some really rocky places or some, some deep places and you wonder, God, am I going to make it? As long as you are in the will of God, you will be all right because God will never let you perish. And so Abraham, he raised the knife. We know the story. He raised the knife on Isaac. And when he did that, in the eyes of God, he picked up the cup and he drank it. And when he drank that, the Bible says that God spoke out of heaven, and I love this. It said, um, the angel of the Lord called unto Abraham, and he said, Here am I. He said, Lay not thy hand upon the lad, for now I know that thou fearest God, and thou hast not withheld thy son, thy only son, from me. Uh, I told you that um, the cup of suffering deals with covenant. Covenant means that regardless of how difficult it is, that you will stay true to the Lord. But it also releases your purpose. A lot of you are going through times right now where you're thinking, Pastor Ken, I don't know if I, if I could, I have the strength to walk this out. What you don't realize is that when you are in covenant with God in the valley, in the difficult times, 
you are releasing your purpose. Because he who is faithful in of small things, God will make ruler over many. And if God can see that doesn't matter how painful it is, you're going to tell the Lord, nothing shall separate me from my love for you. That establishes covenant. When you're in covenant with God, then God begins to say, now let's release the purpose. Abraham released the purpose of God when he raised the knife. Now, I believe that Abraham always intended to kill his son, but he believed, this is so powerful, not only did he believe that God could raise Isaac from the dead, he also believed that God could raise him out of a pile of ashes. Sometimes God will burn your dream down, and you will thank God it's gone, it's never going to come back. But listen, God can do anything. And when the Lord saw Abraham drink that cup of supper and he released his purpose, it also released blessing. And the Lord called Abraham out of heaven the second time in verse 16. He says, By myself have I sworn, saith the Lord, because thou hast done this thing, and thou hast not withheld thy son, thy only son. Let me just detour here for a minute. Abraham had Ishmael. God didn't ask for Ishmael because it wouldn't have been near as difficult to kill Ishmael as it was Isaac because Abraham would have always known, I still have Isaac. And it wouldn't have ripped his heart out. God said, no, I want the one that's in your heart. And so he tells him, he says, because you have not withheld your son, your only son, he said, the cup of suffering is not going to release the cup of blessing. And um, it says this, that in blessing I will bless thee, and in multiplying I will multiply thy seed as the stars of the heaven, and as the sand which is upon the seashore, and thy seed shall possess the gate of his enemies, and thy seed, and in thy seed all the nations of the earth be blessed, because thou hast obeyed my voice. You can't sidestep these cups. God's going to make you drink them. But when you drink that cup, remember, I think it was uh, in, when the Lord was having the Lord's Supper with his disciples, he looked at me and he said, drink all of it. Not just a little bit. There's too many Christians that want to take a sip from the cup of suffering and then think God's going to release the abundance of blessing. It doesn't work that way. Drink it all. Even in the Old Testament when he told the Israelites when they were ready to leave Egypt, he said, eat all of the lamb. There is a consuming that God requires. When you drink the cup of suffering, it releases your purpose because you've made covenant with God. It also now gives you the cup of blessing. And 1 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 16 mentions this. He talks about the cup of blessing. He said, it is communion with the blood of Christ. And I believe that for the remnant in the earth that for many decades has walked in difficulties. We've all walked in some great suffering. Uh, I'm blessed right now, but I can tell you my years of struggle dwarf my years of blessing. But all of a sudden, 
out of the blue, God began to speak blessing. And, and we're walking. We're drinking from the cup of blessing. But you can never drink from the cup of blessing until you drink from the cup of suffering. There's one more cup, and then we'll end our, our Bible study tonight that you and I are going to drink up. And in Revelations um, chapter 19 and verse 9, it says this. Blessed are those who are invited to the merry supper of the Lamb. There's coming a day, not everybody's going to the merry supper of the Lamb. It is by invitation only. And when you drink of the unexpected cup and the cup of salvation, the cup of suffering, God says it gives you an invitation to the merry supper of the Lamb and we will end, hallelujah, this reign on earth that we've walked in by sitting at the table with Christ. And we will partake of the new wine at that supper, and it will be the last cup that you and I have to drink from. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. And so I, I'm sure that as many of you listen to me tonight that... Uh, you're in different stages. Some of you have just drank from the cup of the unexpected. It blindsided you. You're thinking, God, what in the world is going on? God just said, I'm changing your direction. Some of you are in the midst of drinking from the cup of intense suffering. And you're saying, Lord, what did he said, I need you to be in covenant with me because I cannot release your purpose until I know you're in covenant. And when we walk through that, then God is getting ready to give you a cup of blessing. That can be a lot of things. I do believe it can even be the desires of your heart. So I want to encourage you to be strong. God, I pray for these precious men and women. Hallelujah. Lord, I, can, I sense, Lord, in the spirit that there are so many of them that perhaps walk in some confusion and some great pain. And Lord, I ask you, Lord, this evening that Oh, God, that you would walk into the rooms of these men and women, Lord, as you've done with me so many times, and wrap those arms around your children. And, Lord, let them know that they will be all right. I ask for encouragement and strength tonight, Lord, as we end this time of breaking bread with thee. Encourage thy children. Lord, help them to know that as long as they are in covenant with you, God, that there is a cup of blessing that we shall drink from and in eternity. We'll drink with you at the merry supper of the Lamb. So, Lord, I just tonight seal the word over them. Bless them. Love on your children. Strengthen them. In the name of the Lord, we pray. Amen. I hope this has helped you tonight. Uh, stay strong in the Lord. Be encouraged because God will never forsake you. Till I see you again, God bless you. For more information about Kent Christmas Ministries International or Regeneration Nashville, go to kentchristmas.org or regenerationnashville.org. And for the latest updates or videos, follow us on Facebook and subscribe to us on YouTube. God bless you.